it terrified me. The prospect of having to have a conversation with someone that could be construed as a confrontation or the beginning of a conflict just completely devastated me. For one thing, I just knew I was going to start crying, regardless of who it was I was talking to, whether it was one of my parents, one of my siblings, a friend, a co-worker, one of my bosses, regardless of who was at the other side of the conversation. If I felt like it could be interpreted as a confrontation, it just completely devastated me. I knew I was going to cry. I knew I was going to lose it. And it took me a long time to work through how to have confrontations in a way that is productive and positive and not in a way that leads to this feeling of anxiety and aggravation and fear. So today on Sincerely Speaking, I want to talk about how to not be afraid of confrontation and how we can reframe confrontation and understand it as the positive tool that it is designed to be. Communication. Its effective use is the key to success in business, relationships, and life. Yet, we're never taught to use communication in a way that is effective, productive, and positive. The result? Interactions that lead to overwhelm, stress, discontent, lack of motivation, poor relationships, and the feeling of not being fully heard. We're engaged in a permanent tug of war, not the true flow of proper communication. Is there a way to fix this? Can the way we communicate truly be the key to achieving balance and success in all aspects of our life? Join me, Marcia Amaro, as we explore the answers to these and other communication, influence, connection, and success questions here on Sincerely Speaking. So the first thing we need to understand is that confrontations, conflicts, and most words that begin with that prefix C-O-N, con, we tend to attach a negative connotation to. For the most part, if we hear the word conflict, we expect a fight. If we hear the word confrontation, we envision almost a boxing match in our head. And we have this negative connotation surrounding what confrontation and conflict is and what it really does. So I think that in the beginning of this conversation, the first thing we need to do is um, identify three distinctions that we need, need to start making so that we can start reframing this idea of what conflict and confrontation are. The first distinction is actually that, the difference between conflict and confrontation. See, a conflict is a clash or a disagreement. So when you are in conflict with someone, there is something in the air that is oppositional, that you don't agree with, that could potentially become an issue because the people involved, you're all pulling in different directions. So conflict, by its nature, could have more of a negative connotation because it implies disagreement. It implies lack of understanding in one way or another. But we will talk about whether it always has to be that way or not in a minute. But let's go to confrontation. In its purest sense, confrontation simply means coming face to face. 
Now, coming face to face doesn't have to mean something negative or something confrontational, something see confrontational, or something violent or challenging or negative. It simply means that whatever it is that we're facing, we have to be face to face in order to solve it. That whatever it is that we are thinking about, or whatever it is that is preoccupying us or occupying our mental space, we need to discuss it face to face or resolve it in more of a direct, more of a one-on-one -on -one interaction, not necessarily a one-to-many or a group kind of uh, conversation. It should be more of an intimate or a personal one-to-one face-to-face type of interaction. Right Now, in a few minutes, we're going to talk more about why conflict and confrontation, regardless of how you look at them, are actually positive things and not negative things. But see, here's the thing. We grow up with things like, or sayings around us like, don't be confrontational, don't lead to conflict, try to resolve all your conflicts, try to avoid conflict. And that creates in us this um, connotation or this thought process whereby anytime we think that conflict or confrontation are arising, we think that it's something to be avoided, to be eliminated, to be pushed aside and removed in some way. When in reality, conflict and confrontation are essential to healthy relationships, whether we're talking about intimate personal relationships or whether we're talking about work relationships or even the relationship of a marketer and a client or a business person and their prospects. Confrontation and conflict are essential. If we do not understand and address confrontation and conflict, what we end up doing is burying things that eventually become a volcano that erupts. So confrontation and conflict are essential to all relationships. So that's the first thing. We need to make this distinction, first of all, between what confrontation and conflict are, that they are not necessarily the same thing, but also around this idea that conflict and conf confrontation are um, always a negative thing, that they are ultimately bad things that need to be eliminated. The second distinction that we need to make is this idea that the absence of disagreement is the same thing as peace, or is the same thing as um, being everything being okay. And they are not. Just because you're not disagreeing, that doesn't mean that everything is at peace. In fact, in any relationship, whether again it is a marriage or a working relationship or a parent-child relationship, when you avoid disagreements by all costs, what happens is that even though you're not verbalizing it, the disagreement is felt. The lack of understanding is felt. The conflict is felt, even though it isn't addressed directly. So what happens is that suppressed emotion, that suppressed feeling of being misunderstood, of having this thing that is bothering you and that you can't talk about, of having this disagreement that you don't even maybe understand where it's coming from, instead of creating a sense of peace, is going to create this sense of unease within you. It's going to bubble up as something less than ideal. It's going to bubble up as tension. It's going to bubble up as a dormant conflict that will eventually erupt when something else is brought up. So just because you're not fighting, that doesn't mean that everything is fine. On the contrary, when you avoid that quote-unquote fight or when you avoid dealing with 
the source of this conflict or the source of this disagreement. What you're actually doing is creating a more explosive situation later on down the road because sooner or later that is going to surface, that is going to be brought forth by something else and probably at the worst possible time. So the second distinction is understanding that the absence of disagreement or just because there's not, not a fight, that does not equal peace. Right? And the third distinction is very closely related to that. A good relationship doesn't necessarily mean that you're constantly going to be in agreement and that there's going to be conflict avoidance, right? So good relationships do not equal no disagreements, do not equal full 100% all the time being in complete agreement and fully understanding each other. That's why conversation and communication are so important because we cannot expect or anticipate that anybody's going to be a mind reader. I tell my daughters, I'm not a mind reader yet. I'm working on it, but I'm not there yet. So it's important for all of us to understand that nobody else can read our minds. So unless we are in a type of relationship where we can openly, honestly, and respectfully express those moments in which we disagree or express those things that cause us to feel like there might be a conflict bubbling up or cause us to feel the, to express, I'm sorry, those things that lead us to feeling uncomfortable. We don't have a relationship. And I'll say that again. Unless we are in a relationship in which we can express the good, the bad, the ugly, and the in-between, we're not really in a relationship. We are in a transaction in which I'm always trying to please you or you're always trying to please me in exchange for avoiding fights. That's not a relationship. Again, that's a transaction. So we need to get away from this mentality in which these three distinctions are not clear. And we need to understand again that conflict and confrontation are not necessarily the, the same thing, but even beyond that, that they're not necessarily a bad thing. We need to stop thinking that the absence of disagreement or the absence of conflict is the same thing as a good relationship or is the same thing as being in peace. And we have to stop thinking or putting the pressure on our relationships that in order to be good, this person has to be able to read our minds and we have to be able to avoid conflict or disagreement or arguments at all costs. In fact, conflict, arguments, and disagreements are an essential part of all our relationships. Good? Now, the other thing we need to understand is why we are afraid in the first place. We are afraid because we, f we feel that if we enter into this confrontation, we might actually end up losing or damaging the relationship to the point where it will no longer be there or it will no longer be a good, positive, or present um, part of our lives. So, in essence, we are not really afraid of our thoughts or our um our differences, what we are afraid of, is of not being enough to sustain the relationship in spite of the differences. We are afraid of being judged. We are afraid of being misunderstood. We are afraid of offending or being offended. And ultimately, we're afraid of being abandoned because of what we say or how we say it. 
But all of these things arise because we have either not set boundaries in a clear, effective way so that we understand how far we can go in a relationship, or because we're generalizing prior negative experiences, or ultimately because we're making assumptions on how the other person is going to take the information that we need to present. So ultimately the fear that we are experiencing in before a confrontation, or the fear that we are experiencing before conflict arises, is not directly related to the source of the disagreement. It's related to all this other baggage that we're pinning on the confrontation or the conflict. So it's really arising from prior experiences that we are generalizing or things that we know are not clear or assumptions that we're making that we have no way of knowing whether they're true or not unless we test them by going through and discussing this conflict or this um, source of disagreement, right? So how do we actually go past the point of being afraid and into a space where we can have this confrontation. And again, let me remind you that I have struggled and continue to struggle with this desire to just live in peace and just not rock the boat and just leave everything, leave well enough alone, as they say. Um, but I have learned through my studies and through my practice and through my working with clients that the worst thing you can do when you feel conflict, when you feel disagreement, when you feel misalignment in a relationship arising, the worst thing you can do is try to sweep that under a rug and ignore it and pretend that it's not there. Because again, what you're going to do, imagine, if you will, a rug, and you keep sweeping all these things under the rug, eventually you're going to have a little mountain under the rug of all these things that are there. Imagine that the rug grows to the point where it just can no longer hold things and it just starts breaking apart and things start erupting out from under that little mountain that you created, right? So when you sweep things under the rug pretending or thinking or believing that this is the way to get through it, this is what you need to do, all you're doing is creating a volcano that is eventually going to erupt, right? So the very first step in overcoming your fear of confrontation is understanding what is really the source of the fear. What is it that we are really fearing right now? Is it really the content of the conversation or does it go deeper? And you will find that it typically does, right? Is it a fear of being abandoned? Is it a fear of being misunderstood? Is it a fear of being misjudged or just, 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 um, just judged in general? Sorry about that. Or is it a fear of offending or being offended? Now, once you identify what the true source of the fear is, you can start questioning that fear and identifying why that fear is maybe even a little bit irrational or unfounded at that, at least, right? So you can start saying, okay, I'm fearing that if this confrontation takes place, I'm going to be abandoned. This person is no longer going to be in my life. Now, how well do you know this person? Have you ever had any other kind of disagreement with this person and the person is still there? Or has the person confronted you or come to you with a disagreement and they're still there? So how likely is it that you're going to be abandoned if you just speak up? How likely is it that you're going to offend this person to the point where they are no longer going to want to have anything to do with you? It's very unlikely. So once you come to terms with that realization, once you understand the truth behind it, you can negate it. You can prove to yourself 
that that is really not a founded fear. If you're afraid of being misunderstood, well, let me tell you something. The only way you're going to be understood is if you express what you're really feeling. So it's irrational to fear confrontation because you don't want to be misunderstood. If you don't have the confrontation, you will continue to be misunderstood because people will bring their own interpretations to whatever it is that is happening. If you fear being judged, well, let me tell you something. You're judged 24-7 all the time every time and you do it to others too judgment is inevitable you're going to judge one another we are going to judge one another whether it is because of our outfits or because of the way we speak or because of our hair whatever we are constantly judging one another now the problem is not judging or being judged the problem is are you going to give yourself an opportunity to prove or disprove that judgment are you going to give the other person a chance to prove or disprove the judgment you're making of them? So the only way that you can disprove a negative judgment or actually give evidence and support to a positive judgment, and negative and positive being used loosely here, right, is by having the confrontation in the first place and giving evidence to the type of person that you really are. So confrontation is essential to overcoming and proving all of these fears wrong. And once you understand that, and once you can identify and pinpoint the true source of your fear, then you can start gathering evidence against that fear and showing to yourself and proving to yourself that it is unfounded and or irrational. The second thing is to clarify the results you're looking for. Think about what's really driving this confrontation, this face-to-face -face conversation. Think about honestly and purely at its most foundational sense. Why is it important for you to express this disagreement? Why is it important for you to have this face-to-face -face conversation? Is it just because you want to win? Is it, is it because you want to get even? Then maybe at this point, it's just better to check yourself and check your intentions and then maybe postpone or not have the conversation. But if your intention is to deepen the relationship, is to make sure that the other person fully understands you and that you fully understand the other person. If your intention is clearing the air so that you can be certain that you are um, starting on the same foot or that at least you understand where you disagree and why. If it's maybe to clarify expectations and boundaries and make completely crystal and abundantly clear crystal and abundantly clear why it is that this is an unnegotiable or why it is that this is a negative for you from your perspective or why it is that maybe we should look at it from a different perspective then there is a very solid good positive reason and intention behind it and it is essential then that you have this conversation because otherwise that deepening of the relationship that clarifying of expectations that setting of positive and productive boundaries that clearing the air so that there's no tension is not going to magically happen so if your intention is pure and your intention goes beyond transaction and into transformation for you for them for all of the people involved then it's important to get over yourself and start thinking about them and the impact on the other people involved and once you remove yourself from the equation 
Once you stop thinking about how you're going to feel and start thinking about how it is positively going to impact the other people involved in the relationship, the fear dissipates. Now, very closely related to that is this idea of empathy, right? Part of the reason why we fear offending or being offended is because we fail to show empathy or we are not clear on whether we're going to be able to empathize with the other person or the other person is going to be able to empathize with you. So once you put yourself in a position to try to see things from their perspective, to try to see why they might object to what you have to say, to try to understand where they might be coming from. And like I've said before, to fully believe in your heart that they are doing the best they can with the information they have. Then you can approach the conversation from a completely different plane and the conversation will be infinitely more productive and more positive because you're no longer just trying to push your agenda on them. You're trying to see it from their perspective. And I have found that 99.9% of the time, as long as you are in a conversation with someone who is also a mature, responsible person who ultimately has everybody's best interest at heart, they are going to mirror that empathy and they're going to try to see things from your perspective as well. The next thing is always try to use entire, whole, clear, congruent messages. Now, what, what do I mean by that? Sometimes our words say one thing, but our expression or our body language or previous messaging or even things we say within the conversation give mixed messages. So it's important to come at any conversation that might feel confrontational with a clear understanding of what the ultimate message you want to present is and why that message is important. And when you do approach the conversation, start from facts and observation. And we've talked about this before, and actually in my tough, tough, tough talks checklist, I address this in a little bit more detail, but always start from facts and observations and not from the story you're telling yourself. So I see this or I observe this or this happened and stick to the facts when you begin this conversation. And it is okay to express your thoughts and your feelings, but using I statements, making it clear abundantly that you're not trying to make this the rule, the law, or the only interpretation for what's happening, but that you're just simply presenting what you think and feel about it. So use I statements, I think, or I feel, or I believe, or I understand. And that is going to remove a lot of the tension, right? So make sure your messages are congruent, that everything about you expresses the same sentiment, and that you're not contradicting yourself in your message. And finally, and most importantly, go into the confrontation, the conversation, with an attitude of listening, not an attitude of winning. And I've said this a million and a half times, so much of what makes communication fail is our inability to fully and completely listen to one another. If we go in with curiosity, really trying to mind what's being said, really trying to understand one another, then a lot of the tension eases. 
because we're not there trying to again push our agendas on anybody else we're there trying to fully understand the other person and in return they will reciprocate and try to understand us and the conversation will flow a lot more smoothly so to circle back to where we started confrontation conflict are not the enemy they're not bad things in fact confrontation and conflict are essential to growing and deepening any relationship as long as we understand that confrontation doesn't have to be violent and that confrontation is simply coming face to face in an attempt to reach an understanding in an attempt to communicate our messages in a way that can be received by all the people involved and conflict that is not expressed in a positive confrontation will just create a volcano that will eventually erupt and that will be what will damage your relationships not taking the time to think through these steps and have a positive confrontation a positive coming face to face with the deep and honest intention of understanding one another and finding common ground. I want to sincerely thank you for spending this time with me today. I know you have a million things you could be doing, so I appreciate you tuning in. If you have found value in this conversation, please share it with others. And as a thank you, I'd like to invite you to download a free copy of my Tough Talks checklist, which will walk you through how to transform even the most difficult conversations into tools for connection, respect, and collaboration. Simply visit marciamaro.com for details. Until next time, I'm Marcia Amaro, and this has been Sincerely Speaking.